passionate about the truth of God's Word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles, coming back to you for another fresh edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Um, So I've got some opening thoughts for you. This is going to be, let me just prepare your little hearts. This is going to be um, maybe a little different version of what you're used to. I know so many of you guys that were faithful with the radio show, listening to it every day, five days a week. God bless your hearts. Um, and typically I like to do something that I, I call greasy or maybe uh, my message is greased up. I've got a lot of notes that back it up, but I don't know what God's doing in me. I felt very strongly I need to share a different message. So today that's not uh, really, really pretty put together. Everything's super organized and that's okay. Sometimes we have those days that we just need to speak from our heart. And that's what I'm going to do after the break, after the break, that's after the break. But I do have some opening thoughts for you guys today. I, um, you know, looking at the the world today, it's super negative, super, super, super. I mean, come on, like I need to tell you guys that it's become almost the norm to see disunity. And um, so you guys remember that guy from the office, John Krasinski, he did um, during the height of Corona when we really didn't know anything um, about the virus. We just knew that it was here and it was really, really scary. He did, I think it was a YouTube series that was called Some Good News. We definitely needed hope during that time. Well, I wish you would still do that because it's hard to find good news. You know, we see the people breaching the Capitol and all of this political unrest and all of these negative things back and forth. And the Lord spoke to me really, really clearly a couple, I guess it was last week. um, Stop focusing on what you see. Stop focusing on what you see. And I want you to start focusing on the little things that are positive, that are good. So I want to share something like that with you today. I think in order to take our minds off of like the big, big picture, what's going on in the world, whatever, we need to sort of refocus what we look at what we focus on. We need to shift our focus from the news or the negativity or whatever to other things. And maybe that is what God is doing right now in our world today. Stop looking at all this negativity and start looking at the little positivity that I've placed in your life, the little blessings that I've placed in your life. I did this on vacation this year. We just got back from um, Disney World and here I am. You know, normally I would be especially at Disney World, because there's like everything to do. I would be focused on making sure we get to where we need to go in order to have a good time on our schedule. Um, I would be harping on my kids about, hey, look at the lights and look at the parade and, you know, look at this. Look how pretty this is, you guys. Look, enjoy it. You know, I'd be focusing on on that. But this year, I took a totally different approach to my vacation. I We were we were in the Animal Kingdom at Disney World, and I have Moses, my son. Now, we're in the Animal Kingdom at Disney World. It's a pretty spectacular place. He's five. You know what he was focused on? He was focused on leaves in the shape of hearts. And he kept bringing me all these leaves and I'm carrying this like little strap bag. I mean, it it like holds nothing but my phone and like my lip gloss. 
but he's bringing me all these leaves in the shape of hearts. And he's saying, mom, look, I love you. And he's handing me this leaf. And it might've been the first time I, on a vacation like that, that I stopped and I let him for 30 minutes focus on these leaves because he was perfectly content doing that. Another time on our vacation, you know, talking about little things, focusing on that rather than the large negativity, focus on the little positive things. Um, my daughter, now I put my, we're, we're pretty regimented with our five-year-olds getting them in bed because they need their rest. Um, but on vacation, we're very relaxed. Okay. It was 1030 at night. We were just eating dinner at 1030 at night. We'd ate so much ice cream and popcorn, whatever along the way. And Haven I don't know what Moses is doing to her, but she just starts belly laughing at 1030 at night. Now, normal autumn, who's like, you need to go to bed or whatever. So we get up and we can enjoy our regimented vacation the next day um, would have done that. But in this new perspective of focusing on the little things, she, I, I watch, I watched her laugh for she probably, I didn't stop her. I didn't, it was 1030 at night. No one was in there, but I didn't stop her. I didn't even quiet her down. She was having the time of her life laughing at Moses for something he was doing that just got her so incredibly tickled yesterday. Moses comes in from school and like they, you know, they have the folders now and they, you know, you look through their folders to see their homework or what they've been working on or whatever. And there's this one picture that comes out of his folder and it's a picture of a moth, moth that the kids have colored is probably something in science that they're like, what is this? It's a moth. And what does a moth do? And it was, the paper was kind of telling the, um, the characteristics of the moth and he had colored it and it was beautiful and it was awesome, but he spelled moth M O F moth. <laughs> and I still think that's so cute. Um, but I, I looked at him and I was like, Moses, what is this? What is this a picture of? And he said, it's a moth, mom, M O F. And I said, well, how do you spell that? And he said, M O F. And I just sat there and took that little blessing of a moment in I was 100% present. I thought it was the cutest thing that I've ever heard. Clearly, we know moth is spelled M-O-T-H, but he he was so confident it was spelled M-O-F. And I feel like that's what God is kind of, he is working through all this madness and all this craziness and all this disunity and all this negativity. I mean, I, I went to the dentist today and they had the news on and I was like, I, I wanted to plug my ears and sing a song so I couldn't hear it because it's so negative. I feel like God in his way is turning us back to the little tiny blessings, the little moments that maybe we miss catching up on everybody's life on social or, um, you know, listening to what's going on in the Corona news or the political news or whatever. He's turning us back to things that actually really matter. And I'm going to say that needed to happen. We were way too busy and too distracted with other things in our life to notice these little precious things. So I wanted to just say to you, take note of the little blessings that God gives you through your kids, through your spouse, through 
you know, even taking a walk, I know that sounds really cliche and really stupid or, or, or maybe it's small to you, but I think over the past, you know, several years, we've, we've sort of turned our eyes away from these little things that actually do bring us joy. They actually do bring us a sense of peace and calm and enjoyment to our life where the news doesn't, it does the opposite you know, our, our kids do with these little precious moments. So I wanted to encourage you today to shift your perspective, shift your eyes and focus on what God is doing right in front of you um, rather than the broader picture of what's happening in the world. And it looks like the world is coming to an end. Okay. Catch me right back after the break for um, me just sharing my heart with you today. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Be sure to follow Autumn on all of your favorite social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey guys, here I am back with you after the break. And and I want to do what I told you at the beginning of the podcast. I'm just going to share my heart with you and some thoughts. I'm just going to share some thoughts with you. This is really from my own personal quiet time. I like to process through sometimes a little bit more before I share it with you guys. But you know what? I don't know. I feel like God, God, like he did last week, I feel like he was like, no, I want you to share this with um, the people. And so I'm, I'm doing that with you today. Yesterday I was thinking and, and the thought crossed my mind. I was actually driving. I had several little errands to run. And I was thirsty. Now, I am a huge fan of Diet Coke. I drink it every day. Um, I love it. It's to me, it was the gift from God, much like coffee. I only drink three things. I drink water, coffee, and Diet Coke. That's what I drink. Okay. Um, I went to get my my Diet Coke from my favorite place. I I drink it from McAllister's Deli because they have incredible ice. And I also drink it from In-N-Out. And I love it there. And anywhere else, I just kind of tolerate, okay? Those are my two favorite places. So if I'm going by a McAllister's Deli, I'll stop and I'll get one typically. Or buy an In-N-Out. I was thirsty, right? I'm thirsty. I'm drinking this Diet Coke. I'm like, man, this is like delicious. Okay. This is everything my entire life needed right now in this moment. And I started circulating this word in my mind, thirst. I'm thinking about the word thirst. I don't know. This is just kind of how my unedited mind works. I'll get a term or phrase in my mind and I can't get it out of my mind. It, it consumes me for the day. And, and I know a lot of times when God gives me words like that, he 
transfers them back to scripture and I'll, you know, I'll study them and, you know, God will blow my mind. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. I'm drinking my Diet Coke, fully refreshed by what it brings. And the word thirst is in my mind. Now I've heard this word as like a trendy word lately. I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't think it has a good definition, so I won't talk about what it, it means. I don't really know. I'm 40. You guys, I don't know. I'm sure Cassie would know she's, she's in her twenties and up on all the hip new language. Um, but thirsty really came to my mind and, um, what, what followed right after it was, it was one of the seven statements that Jesus said on the cross. You see where I go, I go from diet Coke at in and out to set the seven statements that Jesus said on the cross. Okay. Like that, that's where my mind bounces all over the place. You know, I could be really high at one moment talking about something light and fluffy in the next moment. I'm like, you know, in the original language of the original text cross reference scene in the Hebrew. I don't know. But that's how my mind works. And I'm thinking about what Jesus said. He he said uh, seven different statements. One of them was, of course, it is finished. Forgive them for they don't know what they do. Um, but But right before, and this is fascinating to me, you guys, right before he says it is finished, I'm going to read it to you. He's on the cross. He's on the cross. I'm going to pick it up in John uh, 19. Uh, let's go to 25. Therefore, the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, which we know is John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold, your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. After this, Jesus, knowing, listen to this. I just find this fascinating. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture, He said, I am thirsty. Verse 29, a jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Verse 30, therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I am thirsty. I am thirsty. I am thirsty. Well, I'm hearing this, I am thirsty from the Lord. And I'm thinking immediately my mind goes to the woman at the well. Here you see Jesus on the cross, this is getting really deep, really fast, but that's okay. Jesus on the cross, his second to last statement is, I am thirsty. And yet he is the one that gives living water. Let's read it in John 4. It says this, 
John 4, verse 7, there came a woman of Samaria to drink water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Verse 10. Jesus answered her and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So she said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water. You are no greater than our father Jacob, and you who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle, Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty nor uh, come all this way here to draw water. He said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you're correct. You, you correctly said, I have no husband for you've had five husbands. And the one you have now is not your husband. And the woman perceived that he was a prophet. I want to stop right there because it intrigued me yesterday. This is all coming from Diet Coke in and out. You guys like this is where my mind goes. <laughs> It intrigued me yesterday that we see Jesus on the cross saying, I thirst. As I was contemplating back, it took me to him talking about how he has the living water that if you drink of his water, you will never thirst again. It was just very intriguing to me. And this is what I kind of concluded from that. We know that the woman uh, had had a several husbands. She had gone to a well that had run dry. You know, my Diet Coke eventually made me thirsty again yesterday. I drank more after I drank that Diet Coke yesterday. This woman uh, was trying to fill a void in her life and she, she she was thirsting for something that that men could not satisfy. She was thirsting for something that the world could not satisfy, which is exactly why Jesus met her directly there at, at, at the well to tell her, listen, there is another way. I give you living water, that once you taste this water, you will never thirst again. And yet we see him saying one of the seven statements he said on the cross was, I thirst. It brought me to this thought yesterday, and this is my thought, okay? As I looked in the original language, you know I did that. Of course I did that. The word thirst 
that Jesus used on the cross is, is uh, I'm not going to say this right. It's a Greek word. It's called dipseo or D-I-P-S-A-O, dipseo. When he said, I thirst on the cross, it's the same thirst that he said that he could quench with a woman at the well. Which tells me this, or, or led my thoughts to this. Was it possible on the cross, knowing that he had just said, listen, uh, everything has been completed that need to be completed for me to, in my next statement, say it is finished. Is it possible on the cross that he wasn't thinking of his physical thirst? Maybe because he took on the sins of the world. Maybe he was speaking spiritually, saying, I now know how much this world needs my living water. He had just taken on the sins of the world. We know he died for them. Is it possible on the cross? Because those two uh, uh, words are the same exact word. Is it possible on the cross? He wasn't referring to his physical need. Maybe, just maybe, he was referring to the spiritual need of the world. That's what I was thinking about yesterday. I think the enemy is tempting us right now to run to wells that will run dry. Listen, I have a lot of strong feelings on the political climate in our world today. Very strong, very strong, okay. But no matter who is in office, that will run dry. I've got a lot of strong feelings on multiple things. But no matter what we look at to save us, whether it's our money or whether it's our health or whether it's our husband or wife or children, eventually we're going to thirst for more. And I think Satan is baiting us right now, saying, if you just get this thing, if you just had this money, if this person is president, Everything's going to be okay. But the truth is, the only well that doesn't run dry is the well found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He will be here long after the temporary political scene has been removed and replaced. He will be here long after. Our kids grow up and are out of the house. He will be here long after we are. He knows the beginning from the end. And I feel like evil is baiting us right now. And is telling us that another well is more secure than him. Another well is more full than he is. And maybe some of us are abandoning his well to move to these other things that seem more tangible. 
and maybe I I come just to serve as not a warning, but um, maybe a call to open your eyes. He will quench your thirst forever. He will quench it. He will quench it. Every time you go back to him, he's got something fresh. Every time you go back to him, his compassion never fails. Every time you go back to him, his grace abounds. Every time you go back to him, you can reach him and he will hear you. And I just want us, as we're looking towards 2021, to realize, you know, Satan prowls like a roaring lion, seeking those he may devour. And he feeds us lies day in and day out. And I want you to watch and make sure this year that you are on alert. Because he will bait you to believe that another well will fulfill you more than Jesus. And it won't. It won't. A lot of people have tried, including myself. Those are my thoughts uh, for today. I um, I can't get out of my head. I'm still processing it. And I apologize for the rawness of it and just the raw, the raw way that, I don't know, again, once again, week two, no notes. But I couldn't get it out of my head. And I felt very strongly like God wanted me to share it because I do think that maybe, I don't know, he is talking about um, thirst in his sixth statement on the cross. But I'm just thinking, you know, maybe he was out of every statement he could have said on the cross, every one, he could have said anything he wanted on the cross. And clearly we all would have been leaned in as Christians, uh, wondering what exactly, analyzing what exactly kind of statement he was saying. I, I, I don't know. I think maybe he was referencing more than his thirst. If you look in at the direct definition of the Greek word thirst, deseo, this is what it is, to suffer from thirst, painfully feel their want, to eagerly want. To me, that sounds like as he was there on the cross, Maybe he also felt as he took on the sins of the world, the suffer from being so thirsty and needing living water. Maybe he painfully felt their want and knew that his living water was the only thing that would quench it. Maybe, maybe he knew how much they eagerly wanted the living water that only he provided. Isn't that powerful? Couldn't get out of my head. I'm still gonna be thinking about it for a week. I love you guys. I'll catch you right back here after the break for my question from one of you. 
Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, uh, back after the break. Thank you for coming back. I have a question from Beth today. Thank you for your questions, by the way. You guys can DM us um, on any social except Twitter. Uh, I don't do Twitter. Twitter needs Jesus, and that's just the bottom line. But um, uh, Instagram and Facebook, you guys can send me a a direct message on, or you can email hello at autumnmiles.com your questions that you have. We get a lot of them. And uh, this is the question. How do you move past the vicious cycle of praying for a situation a little, just a little, I think she's saying, maybe just for a short period of time, telling yourself to wait on God and then getting mad at God because it hasn't gone your way yet. Okay. I feel like Beth is speaking for uh, a lot of different people. This is why I wrote the book, Gangster Prayer, you guys. Go get my book, Gangster Prayer. If you are struggling with uh, answers to prayer, go get my book, uh, Gangster Prayer. I know it will help you. It helped me. Okay, Even writing it helped me, but the content definitely did. You know, when you come to prayer, this is what we uh, know about prayer. Your job is to pray. God's job is to bring results. One of the things I talk about, and I think I've said it multiple times on the podcast and definitely on the radio show for years and years and years, I have talked about praying and getting confirmation from God's word about what you're praying about. Okay. Praying a promise. How do you pray a promise? Okay. First of all, there are two, I think I just answered a question like this a couple of weeks ago, but I'll do it again for you. There's, there's different types of promises. There's promises to every believer located in the scripture that we can claim at any point. Now there's always a process to the promise in scripture, but they are for, they are for all believers. The second one is personal promises that God gives you specifically. And when it comes to personal promises that God gives you, it's hard to stand on those sometimes because we're human and um, we doubt that God said he would do something for us. And so we give up because we are listening to ourselves, not really what God said. One way to combat that is to find, and I write this in all three of my books, scriptural confirmation to back up that personal promise that God has given you. For example, God told me in 2001 that I would lead a ministry. Now I was divorced. I was almost divorced. My church had kicked me out. 
I had been abused for seven years. Like this was a big, a big promise that God was making me. So I went directly to the scripture to ask God, okay, if you are telling me this through your spirit, back it up through your word. Remember the word of God and the spirit of God will never on any any occasion contradict themselves. They will speak in unity. Okay. So I knew that if the spirit of God was giving me a promise of a ministry one day in the future, the word of God would confirm what he was saying. God showed me Habakkuk two, two through four. You can read it for yourself, but it's, I haven't memorized, but just for time's sake, I won't, I won't say it. But Habakkuk two, two through four does say, write the vision down, make it plain on tablets. Later down in the passage, it says, though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. And guess what? It did come. I clung not on how I felt, Beth. I clung to the scripture because I knew that God had confirmed what he had asked me to believe for through his word. And Beth, that's what I would say to you. Find a scripture, ask God to give it to you. And that is your tangible evidence that the Lord has told you to wait or believe for something, okay? It's easy to get mad at God. Um, It's easy to be impatient, but don't forget, God is not impatient. And God wants to give you that thing, if he indeed has told you he is going to do that. He wants to give you that thing when he gets the maximum glory. Um, I'll use my, my friends, our best friends, um, were infertile for 15 years, 15 years. They tried a lot of different things. They almost gave up. I remember, uh, one of the guys calling, I remember Chad is his name, calling my husband one day and saying, you know, I don't really know that God has kids for us. And we had prayed for 10 years for them to have kids. And my husband like yelled at him. He was like, yes, you will. Cause God has told us. So you stay the course, believe and pray. And, and now they have twins. So understand this, God got maximum glory from their situation. Now, was it hard? Absolutely. Um, But when you feel impatient, when you feel like you're mad at God because he doesn't do it in your timetable, go to the scripture and encourage yourself just like David did in the Lord, in his word. Okay. Hope that helps, Beth. Thank you for writing in. You guys write to me and I will try to answer your question if I can. Love you guys. I'll see you next week on The Autumn Miles Show. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.